This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, back to the Domcast episode 20, where how fast time is moving is not funny. Not to me, at least. I say that because we have done 20 podcasts on this channel, as told by the episode number. It hasn't been exactly 20 weeks. It's actually been more than 20 weeks because I think I took a week or two off from doing it here. Uh, But yeah, thank you all for supporting it since I have done it. It's been a lot of fun. I've been able to bring a couple of different co-hosts on and uh, do a couple of different interviews. I've done a lot of them solo. I'm doing them solo lately. And, you know, I'm just excited to see what we continue to build over here. Um, I'm also also excited for the playoffs, which is kind of what today's episode is going to be, which means it might be kind of short because I'm kind of doing a thing where what if the playoffs started today, looking at the standings and where we are. Or some of the matchups that might happen and kind of seeing if we can form a bracket off of that if you prefer to listen to this podcast on itunes spotify all that good stuff link is in the comment section and description because i know you can't close your video while you're watching it on here it's inconvenient unless you're playing for unless you're paying for youtube music and who's doing that not i well yeah things have not changed a whole lot since last week when i did the pod We've had a couple of different injuries. I know Trey Young went down this week. We had a beautiful shot attempt from Denzel Valentine last night <laughs> against the Miami Heat in a game that they it probably already lost, but still there could have been a better play there. That was that was a very funny moment. And the commentator, Stacey King, dropped 50 again on the call. <laughs> and it was against his own team. Love that guy. Uh, but yeah, you know, at this point, I think everybody's kind of hit the... Everybody's kind of hit the mood where they're ready for playoff basketball. The Lakers played the Mavericks twice, which is important because that could... Okay, that's not going to end up being a playoff matchup, but it's been important to the standing. So they've been important games. Anthony Davis did make his return. Hasn't been playing a whole lot, but he is getting his legs under him. So some good things going on and some very impactful things on the standing that continue to change on both sides. If you are looking in around like the mid area of each conference... Yeah, uh, well, the West is starting to get a bit more defined. The West is starting to get more defined. The East, that could be different by the next time I do a podcast. But I'm starting to see some things that, with less than a month left, kind of look like they're set in stone. So let's, uh, yeah, let's start there. Let's start in the Western Conference, because this has been what's so interesting. The Lakers lost to the Mavericks twice. Both times, what I found interesting was that the Lakers pushed them to the brink, and it was their B team. Anthony Davis barely played in the first game. I don't believe he played in the second half of that one. Then he played 20. Well, his minutes restriction was 25 in the next one. I don't know if he actually played the full 25. But anyways, they they lost both as expected. The Dallas Mavericks have a very easy schedule coming up. As a matter of fact, I should have popped that up. Check this out. Dallas. This is crazy. If I look up uh, the Dallas Mavericks schedule and what they have left, any any serious team would be able to take advantage of this. So Tomorrow, they play the Kings. By the way, important, I'm recording this at 11.30 a.m. on April 25th, so there are games that are going to happen 
like an hour and a half from now. Celtics, Hornets, all that good stuff. So might be different by the time you listen to this, but not too much different. So yeah, the Mavericks are going to play the Kings, the Pistons, the Kings again. Oh my God, is this all they have left? No way. Oh, oh, geez. Okay. I thought we were that close to the end. My bad. I was reading the schedule wrong. So they have the Kings, the Warriors, the Pistons, the Wizards, the Kings, the Miami Heat and the Nets. Though that's that should be decent challenges depending on who's there. The Cavs, the Cavs, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Raptors, the Timberwolves. Bro, they should be able to win a vast majority of these. Of course, the uh, <laughs> and I talk to Mavs fans. I, I have some Mavs fans come to locker room sometime, and they'll tell you how inconsistent this squad is. But I start with them because what's so fascinating after the last two games against LA, they've significantly close the gap first of all they've got out of the play-in for now anyways they're only one game out of the play-in they are in the sixth seed but they are a game and a half out from the lakers the lakers do have ad but they're working him back and we still have no timetable on lebron james return we don't know it could be next week i guess it could be two weeks from now they're not really saying anything he's just pulling up in fresh fits and uh assistant coaching pretty much right now however that's as far as any team is moving in the west after the fifth seed you have the Lakers are four games behind the Nuggets. So at this point, there's not enough time. And given the strength of these teams and the situation that these teams are in, there's more than likely not enough time to close that gap. It looks like the Lakers, the best they're going to be able to do is fifth. And hell, they could fall to seventh. They could fall to the play. And that still could happen, although they've uh, exceeded expectations so far. So I'm not fully expecting it. So there's an opportunity there. I just found that interesting. I definitely wanted to point that out. Portland uh, is not in the greatest situation right now. They have lost four straight, so they're in the play-in. We might see play-in Dame again. I'm not against that. As a matter of fact, the play-in was against the Grizzlies last year, wasn't it? And right now, the play-in would again be against the Grizzlies. I'm not really covering the play-in today, though. I'm just doing it as if the top eight seeds were solidified. That's kind of all I'm looking at. The play-in is, look, it's... Exciting for the same reason most people hate it. Anything can happen in one or two games. So if the Grizzlies get into a play-in with the Blazers again, <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell you what's going to happen there. Anything could happen. It's just about whether a player is on or not, and if the star players show up in that little series, which, is, again, I get why people dislike that. Anyways, if the playoffs were to start today, the Memphis Grizzlies would be playing the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell will be back for, before the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. That series is going to be over pretty quickly. I... So I sound like a broken record saying how much, no no pun intended, I sound like a broken record saying how much I don't disrespect the Jazz as much as the rest of the NBA fandom. Um, yeah, I think the Grizzlies would probably be lucky to get a game out that series, but the Jazz would advance on that quite easily. And then if they, I'll tell you what I want, of course, what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants the Warriors to make the playoffs, don't they? We don't want the, the Curry experience to end in the regular season, especially not after what he's gone through. They're 30 and 30 right now. If they won their play-in match, they could end up the A seed. And if they did, yeah, if they did, that would put the Warriors against the Jazz. And it'd be fun watching the Jazz possibly play drop coverage with Gobert and pick and roll action with Steph Curry. I would I would very much like to see that. <laughs> Not that I think the Warriors would win that series. I don't think there's a way in hell. But still, though, it'd, it'd be fun. I'm sure Curry would give us some good scoring nights. Anyways, yeah, Jazz would advance pretty easily on the Grizz there. Ah, the Blazers and Suns. To be honest with you, I really want to see the Mavericks and Suns more than I want to see that. But if the Blazers are to play the Suns, I'm definitely picking Phoenix. Phoenix has been terrific all season. I know people still have questions about how far they can actually go in the playoffs. But if you're getting the Portland Trail Blazers, it's going to be like it is pretty much every year. 
I don't really understand Charles Barkley's fascination with Portland and always picking them to go far in the playoffs. I think he's been right like one of the times that he said that, which was when they went to the conference finals a couple years ago. <laughs> I think that's the only time he was even remotely correct. Other than that, I love Dame. As I said before, one of my favorite teams to watch, or one of my favorite players to watch. However, as long as he's in Portland with the roster that is, let's be real, the Port- Portland is always just kind of mid, except for like the season they made the conference finals. They're always just kind of mid. And in the series against the Suns, I, I would obviously pick the Suns. There would be no upsets there. Maybe Lillard could get a game or two off that, but I would be going Phoenix. Shout out to Chris Paul and what he's done with yet another squad. I already did that. I already, I already praised Chris Paul. Let's move on. Um, the Clippers would play the Mavericks. Now, this is where things get kind of scary because if things happen how they should, like, let's just let's just pull this up for reference, right? We look at the Mavericks schedule. Let's do that for the Lakers too, not knowing when LeBron James is coming back. The Lakers have left on their schedule. The Magic, oh yeah, that's a win. The Wizards, the Kings, the Raptors, the Nuggets, ooh, that's a that's an important one. The Clippers, the Blazers, the Suns, the Knicks, the Rockets, the Pacers, the Pelicans. That's what they have left. I don't we don't know when LeBron's coming back. We have no clue. I'm hoping the first week of May. I'm hoping sometime before the playoffs, we're gonna get LeBron back. I'm gonna like by May 9th they'll be playing the Suns. I would say we're on the 25th right now, but May 9th they will have LeBron back, right? We don't know. Uh, we don't. We, we shouldn't expect him back in like the next week or anything, so we just don't really know how these games will turn out. But I just say all this to say, if the schedule worked unfavorably for them and favorably for the Mavericks, they would fall to six. Boom. You have them playing the Suns or the Clippers in the first round. That is what we want to avoid. But at this point, there really is not a good... It's really not a good situation. The Lakers dealt with injuries this entire year, and then to their two main stars, so they fell this far, and they're going to end up playing another quote-unquote contender in the first round. That's happening at this point. The Nuggets aren't really contenders to me anymore without Jamal Murray, but right now that is looking like the playoff matchup that would be most likely. It's, so it's either the Nuggets, the Clippers, or the Suns. That, that's their options, basically, at this point. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Uh, the, Jazz, the Jazz are still, they're still able to fall as well which is also a quote-unquote contender right now. So any of those could happen. Um, but let's just stick with what it is right now. I just wanted to get that out of the way. I'm pissed that this is a 2015 situation where, like, the Spurs played the Clippers in that first round and a contender was immediately knocked out. I hate these situations. But that's life. The Mavericks would be playing the Clippers. Clippers are going to win that series again. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It was very fun last year. The Mavericks did not have Porzingis. Probably will have Porzingis this year, but he has not been great for... Dallas, he is, uh, had a, it's been difficult, coming back from injury is always difficult, and he's had an injury riddle career, so that's just kind of what it is right now, I am going to assume the Clippers are going to have a healthy Ibaka, at that point, he missed a ton of time this year, they are going to need that, what type of condition is he going to be in after all the time he's missed, that's another wonder there, but uh, yeah, sign me up for Clippers and Mavericks again, I am not picking an upset there, Dallas, to me, is missing something, they're missing something like they have flashes but even then last night i i can't remember who said it whoever was commentating the game said something about rick carlisle 
after the game, he should be telling his team, look, don't don't tease me, right? This is this was a good effort. This was good defensive effort. This is what we always need. But this is, you know, it's a, it's a toothless Lakers team. It's the B team and some Anthony Davis. And uh, they had to pull away there at the end. I'm just not optimistic about this squad right now. There's no reason to be. I don't have a reason to be optimistic about them. But Luka is always fun. Shout out to his disrespectful sidestep hash mark. Uh, three-point shots that are daggers. He's hit a couple of those this season. I think you get the Clippers in like five or six again here, though. Because it was six last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, they won in six last year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, same thing here. But it'll be fun, though. Luka against his Clippers team. That's a fun experience. And then the 4-5. Nuggets. Lakers. Like I said, at this point, that is becoming... It's not set in stone yet, but... Given the strength of this Clippers team and that they're three games ahead of the Nuggets with little time remaining, it's starting to look like Denver is probably a solid fourth because they're not going to fall to fifth either. So at this point, they are playing a fifth seed. And that fifth seed is either going to be the Lakers, the Mavs, or the Blazers, but more than likely just the Lakers or the Mavs. And if things work out, if the Mavs stay inconsistent and the Lakers get LeBron back, probably the Lakers. And so Lakers Nuggets, that's unfortunate, that's unfortunate, I had a tweet about that, follow me on Twitter, by the way, shameless plug, if you're not already, the Lakers and uh, Nuggets, I tweeted about Jokic possibly being a first round MVP, an MVP first round out, which you hate to see it, that happened to Dirk Nowitzki many eons ago, the difference of course being there that Dirk was expected to go very far that year. They were a healthy squad, and they were first seed. What did they win, like 60-something games? Probably like 67 games. So, yeah, that team had expectations on top of expectations. And they got this Denver team. We understand that they've been injured. They have been like a bottom, a four seed and below pretty much the entire year. So, when they were healthy and after they made that trade, yeah, I thought they were definitely. They had some more expectations. Now, Faku Composo at the point guard in a series against another contender is probably just not going to cut it. It'll still be fun, but then AD will probably have his legs under him as well. He is going to be one of those defenders that has a great chance at frustrating Jokic. One of the few defenders that has a chance at frustrating Jokic. And, uh, yeah, the Lakers are going to do what defending champs do, and they're going to advance in that series. Unless I'm just very loud and wrong right now, that is where I would see that. How many games would it be? How many games would it take the Lakers to beat the Jamal Murray-less Nuggets? I, man, I don't want to say... I really do like Jokic. I don't want to say that's going to be five games. Six at the max? It's not going seven. They're not pushing a Lakers seven. Um, yeah, five or six. Six at the max, but probably five, to be real with you. And, uh, you know, uh, just jumping out in front of it. Because here's what's going to happen, right? Come back to this podcast when it happens. If that series does take place, Lakers-Nuggets, and then the Nuggets go out, their first round out, just uh, just go ahead and get ready for the MVP being talked about with, oh, it should have went to Embiid or sure it, went, it should have went to Curry. The narratives, right? Narrative wasteland is going to happen. Every time I've said it, it has happened. I <laughs> I jumped way out in front of the whole Mickey Mouse thing last year in one of the barbershop talks. I, all the Twitter shit you see now and everything that people say about that is exactly what I said was going to happen. I didn't say I believed in it. I just said this is what's going to happen, and it did. So be prepared for that. It's kind of already happening with the MVP between Curry and Jokic because Curry outplayed him twice in the same week i believe and they won both games and one of those jamal murray actually did play in so it was a healthy nugget squad and now you're seeing all the tweets people are like oh who who does the real mvp look like to you right now we know curry's not gonna win it but i i get i get the sentiment so yeah just get ready for all that and the nuggets will have to just retool and come back next year and they're not even gonna have jamal murray at the start of next year either i 
I'm crying inside for the Nuggets, bro. I really did. My last two videos before that injury were about the Nuggets. Maybe it's, maybe it's my fault. I don't know. Anywho, that gives you uh, a second round matchup of the <laughs> the one seeded Jazz and the five seeded Lakers, the two seeded Phoenix Suns and the third seeded Clippers. I did that right, correct? Yep. All the bottom half would be out by that point. <laughs> the Utah Jazz, after this historic pace they've been on this whole year. At points, they had team stats that only championship teams have ever had before. And they would have to play the defending champions in the second round, where in a normal world, they probably wouldn't see them into the conference finals. But, And that's the interesting part about the Lakers now being pretty solidly a back-half team, is that to, def to repeat as champions, not only have they had their guys out all year, but they are going to have to play the hardest team every round. They're going to have to play the higher seed every round on the way to the finals, and then beat whoever is in the finals. This would be one of the more difficult rings I've seen one, to be honest with you. And in the Lakers and Jazz series, guys, I'm picking the Lakers. Like, I just, I just am. Um, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if we've actually seen a healthy Lakers and Jazz this year. Maybe we saw it once very early. But, yeah, when you put these guys on the floor together, I am going to go with LeBron and AD. I think, uh, I don't know. I just think looking at how the Lakers have held up on defense, even without their top guys, that they are going to be able to scheme against Utah pretty well. I think they're going to be able to uh, lock down the perimeter or at least slow them down. That's where they've been most dangerous from throughout the year. I think they will be completely powerless to slow down LeBron. I don't think that nobody has a great defender for LeBron James. They have guys you can irritate him with, but I don't even think the Jazz have that. I don't think they have an irritating defender for James. And overall, I kind of see the Jazz as when you're putting them up against a LeBron-led team or this Lakers squad, I kind of see them as those squads when LeBron was in the East and they were higher seeds. But you knew at the end of the day, either the experience wasn't there or you knew they just weren't going to be able to deal with him or however he could set up his teammates. I kind of see it like that. So I'm not calling them the Toronto Raptors. I'm not calling them the 15 Hawks. Definitely a couple of steps above teams like that. However, I still kind of see it the same way. Utah has not been there. They are going to be going against the defending champions very early on. And I don't see them eliminating them. I, ju I just don't. Even if it was in the conference finals and they got to get some reps in before that, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it, bro. I would say the Lakers were going to win not one in six. I really would. It would be to nobody's surprise either. Especially, <laughs> it's funny because I feel like this is one of those times where fans are going to be able to get away with not having watched Utah. I know for a fact there hasn't been people just dying to lay eyes on this squad, especially right now without Donovan Mitchell, but throughout the entire uh, season up to this point. And people are still, without having watched them, probably going, oh yeah, the Lakers got that, we're not worried. And they haven't even watched. And I've watched some Utah basketball and I'm still <laughs> like, yeah, y'all probably don't need to be worried. I, I don't think so. That would put the first-seeded Utah Jazz out in the second round. That's going to be an experience. That is going to be an experience for the ages. The Clippers and Suns, however, I think this one is going to go seven, and I think it is going to be fun. I hope, I hope, I hope the series happens. If everything goes according to plan, it really should. It absolutely should. The thing that can stop it is the Suns taking first seed and the Clippers just staying where they are. I, I want them to stay two and three. If they stay two and three right now, which is, yeah, there's a chance that won't happen. But if they just stay two and three, they will meet and it will happen in the second round. I think that would be highly competitive. See Chris Paul going against his old squad. 
But I am still like fool, fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice. The Clippers, you remember how high I was on them last year? I really was. Just like everybody, nobody, especially when they were up three one. I was, I had already written the script for the Lakers and the Clippers series, and I actually did the video for for that series. I did the promo video for that series and everything. I was so ready for that, and uh, they they disappointed us. I think the Clippers are better this year. I think they're definitely better roster wise. Kawhi is out right now with foot soreness, I believe, for a week. So this is bad timing, but health permitting, I am going to give the Clippers a benefit of the doubt and saying that they are going to win this series. They're going to eke it out in seven, though. This is going to be tough. I always like the Clippers' chances against teams where the the focal point of attack is the perimeter, where it's the uh, guards, basically, is what I'm saying, the ball handling guys. So Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you saw they got beat last year. Obviously, there was Jamal Murray, but the bigger problem was Jokic. And Jokic putting Montrezl Harrell, who's not there anymore, but Montrezl, uh, yeah, Jokic putting him in the torture chamber. And them ending up coming back 3-1. But again, the focal point, the best player on that team was Jokic. So I'm looking at the Clippers this year and going, well, the Suns, they have Aiden, but I don't think he is that dominant of a force. <laughs> He's good. He's not a Jokic. I don't need that. It goes without saying. But... I also don't think that he's going to give the Clippers so many problems, especially with the way they're built this year. And I'm assuming they're going to have Ibaka back by that point. I don't think he's going to be such a problem that it ends up looking like the Nuggets series last year. And so when you have Kawhi and PG to match up with uh, the perimeter guys, I think that is probably what is going to end up giving them the edge. And the Clippers have dealt with injuries this year, but I think it's nowhere near as bad as it was last year where... It just seemed like why or one of the two were always out. We are kind of hitting that point now where both of them have been in and out of the lineup, but it's it's not been as bad where it kind of just seemed like they were piecing it together like the Nets are right now all last year, and then it ended up falling apart in the second round. I don't really think they're going to run into that problem. Of course, that'll put it, what has been a magnificent Sun team out in the second round. It does suck because that is exactly where I predicted them to be out in the beginning of the season. I did think they were going to be more... Uh, I thought the Mavs were going to be a better team. Not a better team than the Suns. Well, I actually did. I thought the Mavs were going to be better than they are. I thought they were going to do better than Phoenix. But they kind of swapped places. I believe I put Phoenix in the sixth seed coming into this year. They So they exceeded my expectations. They did. And still, because of the way the West is and because of who you're matching up with from series to series, that still looks like a second round out to me. But a very tough one, man. A very tough one. Uh, sometimes this just happens in the Western Conference. It's happened to teams before. It says nothing about the superstar player on that squad. It's just hell. Was it in 2014 the Clippers had to play the Thunder? Was that the second round in 2014? Yeah, they had to play the Thunder. You had to play Westbrook and KD in the second round. It it just gets like that, bro. It just gets like that out here, and um, it has stayed that way. But yeah, I, I I would go Los Angeles there. So maybe they fooled me twice, but I'm still picking the Clippers to get to the conference finals after what happened last year. Maybe against my better judgment. Can't wait to see this one, though. I really hope it does stay that way. And so, after a year and a half of waiting, because that happened in summer 2019, right? Kawhi and PG got together in summer 2019. LeBron and AD got together. And we were like, ah, the Battle of LA. It's going to be crazy. I was waiting for this all last year. All last year. And here we are with the Lakers and the Clippers with some fans. With some fans. I don't know how packed the arena is going to be, but most teams have bought fr- brought fans back. I think LA just brought some fans back. So it's not going to be a packed house, but good enough. We'll take it. And the world that has developed as of late, we will take it. And that will give us 
the Lakers and Clippers in the conference finals. You know, the thing is, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm just throwing a dart in the dark with this series because we have almost no sample size to go off of this year. We saw them play one time healthy, which was the very beginning of the year. I think it was the first game of the season. And that's all we have. That's all the data we have on the 2021 Clippers and Lakers. Everything else is them playing with one or two guys out. Or I think the last time they played both uh, LeBron and AD were out. So we have nothing else to go off of. And he's a very... These are two very good teams. These are two very well-built rosters. I think they are both better than they were last year. And if you follow me on Twitter, you will see that. I believe the Clippers are, once again, the only hope. Just like I thought last year. I thought they were the only hope in the West to actually beat the Lakers in a series. And so this year, it's, it's more the same. Wow. See, this is the thing I don't like. We don't even have any data on how Drummond plays into this series. Uh, we've seen some defensive lapses from him on the Lakers. I still do think it's going to be great seeing he, he LeBron, and AD on the floor at the same time. But there have been, like, there's a specific one against the Mavs last night where I think Luka, I think it was Luka and Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Uh, only if. Uh, Luka and Dwight Powell about to run a pick and roll. And before Powell even set the screen, Andre Drummond was icing. Already, like he came out, and that just let Powell slip straight to the rim for an open dunk. Now, he started the action before the before the Mavericks did, <laughs> and had no awareness of Dwight Powell. Just Dwight Powell looked at him and just took the ball and ran with it. It's crazy because it was, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I think it was going to be a handoff, and then to, and then he was going to set the pick, and he just gave a wide open lane. Um, but I think Drummond has done some decent things, and so but still, how does he play into this series with the Clippers? How much better does he look with LeBron and AD on the floor on the offensive end where his role is extremely limited and he's just got to clean up some things or be in the dunker spot sometimes? It's just so much we don't know there. So I am throwing a dart in the dark and giving the Lakers the benefit of the doubt. But uh, maybe if only for my fan hope, I'm going to say this is going to be a seven-game series. I'm going to pick the Lakers this time. Last year, I picked the Clippers to go to the finals. I'm going to pick the Lakers this time. Defending champs. And I am just wholly impressed with what they did without their guys over these like stretches of months basically it's probably not anything crazy to say this is the overall best supporting cast lebron has ever had he's of course he's played with bosh and wade at the same time and he's played with Kyrie and love but as an overall team i don't think there's any team in lebron's history that could keep it together without him and the co-star i don't think there's i don't think there's another squad that could even get close to accomplishing that and so when, the, when you see it all together and knowing that their defense is still going to be what it is, and just the fact that you're betting in a series that involves LeBron and PG, who's been good this year. PG has been good this year, but when it comes down to it in these moments, I've still got to go Braun, man. I've still got to go Braun. I don't think that we're going to see a Kawhi playoff run like he had with the Toronto Raptors. I don't know. I don't think that specific spark is there, although he's also been magnificent for stretches this season. That was something special. That was an all-timer. He also doesn't really need to do that because he has a co-star. I don't think on Toronto he had a star like Paul George. No, not that I don't think. He he didn't have a star like Paul George on there. And I, I don't think he's just going to completely take over a playoffs like that. Maybe, maybe again. I don't know. I'm starting to reach out into things that don't really matter. Anyways, yeah, I, I would go Lakers there. This follows up my tweet where I basically just said the West is so interesting, although the Lakers are clearly coming out of it. At this point, that's just what it looks like to me. Um, yeah, I'm watching them push teams to the break. Even if they lose the game, I'm watching them push squads with their with their B team. So 
this is a very interesting squad. Now, this is going to be such fun playoff basketball. But all healthy. Of course, I think it goes without saying health is implied. Yeah, the Lakers would, Lakers would advance, man. Lakers would go back and have a chance to repeat. Who would be meeting them in the Eastern Conference? Right now, the Brooklyn Nets are first. The Brooklyn Nets have basically vibed their way into the first seed this year. Guys in and out, in and out. Don't know when you're going to see Harden sometimes. Have no clue when you're going to see KD. You never know when you're going to see all three of them together in their first seed. And it may stay that way. Of course, Ben Simmons has been out, so that's definitely not helped Philly because they had to play Milwaukee twice. And because they lost to Milwaukee twice, the 76ers are now only a game and a half above them. They could fall to third seed. That could change things quite a bit. The Knicks, shout out to them. They are on a nine-game win streak. They have been very fun. They have made some strides defensively. Shout out to Nerlens Noel. Throwing weak shit away basically every game. <laughs> they keep testing this, man. I don't know why. It's like they don't watch the footage. Julius Randle, who I will just I will just gladly take my L. I have never been happier to accept an L because <laughs> I, I disused myself uh, on Twitter. And I brought back the tweets where I said... The thing about well, why do they have, why are they not starting their young guys with Obi Toppin? What was the point of drafting this guy this high and you're not even going to use him? And we know what Julius Randle is and the, he's not the future. Yeah, I, I gladly take my L, man. If you're, if you're telling me that like, you come back in time and, and tell my former self that Julius Randle was maybe even going to be a fringe MVP candidate, like even mentioned with MVPs, because I don't think it's that popular right now, but some people are starting to question it, like, damn, is he a is he a candidate somewhere in this? Yeah, no, I would have just been like, bro, what you on, man? Like, what, what happens in the future? What <laughs> did, did COVID get that bad? Like, are all the stars out? Yeah, I, whatever, bro. The Knicks are 34 and 27. Um, they are, it, it, look, it's good. It, they've taken strides. They took a big stride. RJ Barrett is looking great. And it looks like the future is finally bright for once in New York. Now they just need not trade everything for one superstar. And they, uh, who knows, they may be contending here in a few years. Well, either way, they are a game, sorry, they are a half a game above the Hawks right now, the fifth-seeded Hawks. And they are a full game and a half in front of the Celtics. Anything can still happen. There's still only two games separating them from the play-in. So it's none of this is... I know this is set. Like I said, this is all just a snapshot in time, and it's just kind of fun to see what might happen and some of the other potential series if these don't happen. The Miami Heat really just can't figure it out at the moment. First of all, they can't get their guys on the floor together at the same time. But then even aside from that, they uh, just they take some disappointing losses, and they are only a couple of games over 500, and they are playing range right now. So the final scene from last year has just had, they've just been through with this year, and they're playing squad. The Bulls fell out of play in range. Of course, we said last week Levine was out and he's going to be out. So they're a game and a half outside of the play in now, which I'm fine with, to be honest. Westbrook and Beal signed me up for a play in involving them. I always love to watch Westbrook, even if people hate him or they say whatever they're going to say about that guy. He is on his way to averaging a triple double for off the dome. I believe they said what the third time in four years or something like that. I don't know. It's something crazy. And the fact that we don't pay attention to it at all, it's it's just wild to see how the narratives around triple double have changed. Triple doubles have changed since 2017, which was, I think, my first full season on YouTube. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's crazy, man. Like I said, is episode 20 and the wait time is passing is not funny. Well, assuming everything just stayed the way it is, 
LaMelo Ball is going to come back, and so is Hayward. And so that would be an eight-seeded Hornets team that would play the Nets and get swept. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Look, they're fun. They are so much fun. Shout out Mikhail Bridges. Shout out to the commentator. I don't have his name on deck right now. Uh, but the Hornets were very fun to watch when they were healthy. Don't know what you're going to get out of guys that have been out for probably around a month now. But still, though, that's I, I that's fun. If it's not going to be Westbrook and Beal playing, then that's in the first round. I, I can deal with uh, LaMelo's first playoff series. I, I would like that. No, but I'm not expecting anything at all. That's probably, you know, it's honestly not going to be a great four games to watch, more than likely. I think that's a sweep. The Miami Heat would play the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. Wow. Yeah, as a seven seed. Well, is Oladipo going to be back? He has a mysterious injury. One of the more mysterious injuries, like I said, they just were kind of like, oh, he's hurt. Or he tweaked that injury, the same the same knee that he injured. That well, it was a quad injury, but it's on the same leg, and it was a non-contact. So is he going to be back in time for the playoffs? Because that's only like two weeks from now. We're pretty much starting to set up the play-in, right? Seven, there's more like three weeks, but whatever. You get the point. Um, Miami and Philly, Ben Simmons half-court offense. Miami last year, at least last year. They, they saw that as food. When one of the best players didn't really have a great half-court game, that was food for them. <laughs> and it was a guy that was better than Ben Simmons. So that's going to be fun. This is actually a rematch as well. Miami did play Philly a long time ago in the playoffs, didn't they? That was 2017 or 2018. I think it was 17. Um, yeah, no, I'm still going Philly here. I don't think Miami is going to be able to get it together in time to be showing you flashes of their championship form before the, uh, before the playoffs start. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Bam Adebayo, while great, I think he still has some steps offensively to take before he is really scaring teams. He's already scaring teams, but you get what I mean, right? I think he has some steps to take before I would be looking at a seven-seed Heat team and saying, yeah, this guy is going to basically be the catalyst for an upset. I still do think it would be a a tougher series. Like Again, that's a team that you really don't want to see in in this first round if you're a contender. But I I would go Philly in six there. I go Philly in six. Um, Joel Embiid is going to eat as he is going to against every team. I think in that first round, we will see, well, you'll probably see some good things from Ben Simmons aside from scoring, but I think that is also where people will start to worry about the, uh, longevity of their run. So if that series does come to fruition, I think that is what people will start to look at Philly. Like y'all are good, but y'all are still, as most people think, aren't great enough to come out of this Houston conference. Cause at the end of the day, it's just going to be really tough. Yeah, because in the second round, I mean, it's not a secret that the Bucks and Sixers is happening in the second round, right? And in the first game that I watched the other day, they did not have Ben Simmons, but yeah, they had Joel and B trying to play defense on Giannis, and it didn't really work that well. And so I'm assuming they're still going to try that same thing in the playoffs, and I still don't think it's going to work that well. But anyways, that's uh, that's that's for another time, which is coming up soon here. Boston would play Milwaukee in the first round right now. Why? What did we do to deserve this, bro? We're, I, I really want the four seed. I thought we were going to be able to get it. Of course, we played the Nets. Of course, we had the Nets on the schedule. Um, lost a couple of games. They are a game and a half out of fourth. They really need that four seed. But even then, they're going to have to, it's going to be annoying either way. You're either playing a team you can't beat in the first round or a team that's going to be annoying, like the Knicks. Who could actually win? They could win that series. Either way, yeah, right now, as it stands, Boston and Bucks. It's pretty much the Bucks and five. I loved the run that they had. I thought they were showing some spirit over the last week, and Tatum was looking nice. But again, like I said, their main problems are defensively, and they do not have the personnel 
or the defensive camaraderie to deal with a contending team, which the Bucks are. And also, the Bucks have, you know, they, they're, they have a great offense as well. They have a great offense scheme. They got better. You've got Drew Holiday there. Sorry, they've got uh, good defense is what I meant to say there. Yeah, they've got more defensive options than they've had in the past. So, yeah, that's whatever, man. We're going to lose to the Bucks again <laughs> if, if this series comes to fruition. But I will go on record and say I do think Boston is going to move up, at least the fifth. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want them playing a contender in the first round. I at least want to be able to pretend like I have some hope. That'd be nice. Um, that would put Atlanta and New York in the first round. Trey Young will be back when the swelling goes down. He had another ankle injury. Why is it always the? It's always the short, light-skinned shooting guys like Curry and Trey Young, and the ankle is their kryptonite always. <laughs> I don't mean to be like Kendrick Perkins here. That, well, I don't obsess over light skin like Kendrick Perkins, so I'm not. We're not even in the same stratosphere there. But I'm just saying though. Yeah, yeah. Trey Young, who clearly is taking some inspiration from Curry, and it's always the ankles with these guys. And for some reason, it's always the ankles. Well, either way, he'll be back. He'll be back. Maybe, maybe sporting those those goggles. Maybe not. And right now, they would play the Knicks in the first round. That would be super fun. That would be super fun. I would pick the Knicks to win it. Uh, I Again, I just like what they have going on with Randall. I really like what they have going on defensively. I kind of think that's what would separate them there. Um, but I do think it would be a six or seven game series, though. I think Knicks Hawks would be a six or seven game series. I'm not going so high on the Knicks that I think they are just uh, one, really one of the top four teams. Because there's a clear divide, right? You get the Nets, Sixers, Bucks, and then you got the Knicks and everybody else. Uh, and I see those three teams as their own entity in the Eastern Conference and just everybody else is what they are. So even though the Knicks are top four and they're winning, I'm not looking at them in the same tier as the guys that they're close to. So I still think that would be a close series, but very entertaining. Absolutely. The Trey Young's first playoff series. I'm glad the Hawks are going to make it as I predicted at the beginning. They didn't look great to start the year, but a lot of things didn't look great to start the year. They look, well, I can't even say that. They don't look solidly like a playoff team yet because they could end up in the play-in and then they could fall out so that could happen but hopefully i i am hoping that that we keep him because let's be real i want to see trey young more than i want to see sabonis and the pacers um no hate against that small market up there and indy it's a nice program but i want to see trey young such as two and click capello um, he's been having a good season so in the second round that would give us the one-seeded nets and the four seed Knicks, Nets and Knicks, yes, and the Sixers and Bucks. Well, Nets are going to beat the Knicks. Sorry, disappoint everybody. We are not going to. We don't. We do not live in the timeline where the Knicks just absolutely make the universe collapse in on itself by having Julius Randle lead them to <laughs> a route of their next door neighbor super team. That's there's just no way, bro. Because we already have the whole story about the the. Uh, if New York runs through the Knicks and all this other stuff, everyone there cares about the Knicks and not the Nets. I, I, they have some real animosity from each other. If you watch all those fans go at each other, there's some real bad blood there. So that's really why I want to see that series, aside from the fact that I do think it would also, maybe some of the games would be fun, but the Knicks would win that one. Uh, the, they're still a young team. They still have a ways to go before they're really up in that type of brass. I don't honestly think, I don't think they would get a game. I'm assuming the Nets are going to be healthy and all on the floor. Yeah, I don't think the Knicks are going to get a game out of that one. But if for no other reason to just finally have the Brooklyn Nets play the New York Knicks, we need this. Because we wanted this back in 2013 as well. I don't know if y'all remember when the Nets had their big three, quote-unquote. Or what was it, like a big five, actually? At least on paper. 
when they had KG and Pierce, and you had Brooke Lopez, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams. Yeah, it looked crazy. They were really trying. They were really on that super team stick. And then the Knicks had their best team in a while. The 2013 Knicks still have nightmares about that team in 2K. In 2K13, that was a thing. Yeah, Nets sweep conference finals. Sixers and Bucks. Woo. Alright, I want y'all to do something. Um, just type in Joel Embiid defense on Giannis. And it was from the game a couple of days ago, and I just brought this up. <sighs> hey, man. Look, and Embiid is great defensively this year. Not taking anything out from that. But I'm assuming that is what they are going to be going with. Maybe oh, they'll be showing a bit. It, they didn't have Ben Simmons that game. So we also have some Ben Simmons as well. Oh, man. Are the Bucks going out in the second round against this Philadelphia team? It would not be the best thing in the world for Giannis to get second rounded twice. Especially when his team is better this year. And he's won two straight MVPs. Man, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks in a seven-game series. That's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to just admit it. I can't get past Philly in the playoffs with Ben Simmons. I still just don't think this is a championship, man. I still just don't think this is a championship yet. I have not seen the improvement from Ben Simmons that I've wanted to think that him and Embiid can go all the way. And this is a contending team they're playing in the second round. And I think the Bucks are going to take advantage of that. I really do. The same way the Sixers are going to try to do probably similar to what Miami did and make Giannis go as deep in the bag as possible, which is typically how you beat him in a series. You don't just let him spin and dunk into the lane. He's going to get a couple of those, but you don't you don't let him feast on it like he does in the regular season. And so both teams are going to be running that similarly. But I, I am going to go Bucks. Now, as always, I give myself leeway by saying if I called it a seven-game series, that means I could have seen it going either way. The Bucks are still coached by Bud. That is still a thing. Lack of adjustments in the playoffs? Probably still a thing. And so this is literally probably going to come down to who can do the most damage to their offensive schemes in terms of Ben Simmons and maybe just making him a liability where Simmons has said, hey, he's got to make guys guard him. So how much the Bucks can exploit that and how much the Sixers can slow Giannis down? That's literally what it comes down to. Joel Embiid is going to dominate every team he plays against in the playoffs. Nobody has a great answer for him. They haven't had a great answer for him all season. That's going to happen one way or the other. I think it. I think that's what it comes down to here. I'm going to go Bucks, man. I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going to stick to the guns that I've been carrying around since Embiid and Simmons have been together, which, by the way, I'm rooting for them. I'm, I would love to see that story happen where they do figure it out and they don't have to trade one of them. But I was heavy on the trade Simmons for Harden train. I thought that should have happened. And I've always said I don't think as a duo that team is going to win together. I'd like to see it happen, not Hayden, but I think they would go out in the second round here, which, again, is just unfortunate that you're playing the Bucks. That's a tough That's a tough ask. But you could be playing the Sixers. You could be playing the Nets, too, so... In any world, it's going to be tough because let's say right now, just to give you a scenario, the Sixers fall to third. Let's say for some reason the Bucks take first, right? That just could happen. That could happen with all the injuries on both sides, like the fact that Simmons isn't playing and the fact that the Nets still aren't going to have Harden for a while and KD is supposed to come back today, but how long is he going to be able to stay there? Let's just say a world worked out where the Bucks, two and a half games behind right now, got first. And then the Nets played the Sixers in the second round. See, it doesn't. It just doesn't get much better, right? <laughs> it's a contender or a super team. 
Right, so a contender or a contender. It's it doesn't help either way. Well, that would give us a conference finals between the Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now I've seen it out there. I have seen it out there. I have seen the world where people pick Milwaukee to win the series. And I get it. And they're looking at things defensively. I'm wondering how much playtime is DeAndre Jordan gonna get, because DeAndre Jordan is going to get dubbed by Giannis. I don't think the Nets Sorry, I would put money that the Nets don't have the defensive brass to slow him down the way the Sixers might be able to, the way the Heat were last year. I, I don't see it. Even with Claxton being filling some holes for them defensively and him being the, quote, secret weapon, I said, by the way, somebody, <laughs> somebody, my brother told me someone on that video said I was getting paid by ESPN or I was part of big media being paid to pushing it Claxton to make the Nets look unfair or something. I was like, wow, I'm getting that ESPN bag for Nets propaganda. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I'm living the life, aren't I? That's <laughs> Either way. Uh, yeah, I think Nick Claxton might be able to help a little bit, but also again, I think Nick Claxton, what I was trying to say in that video, more so his value to that team is just helping them be decent on defense and uh, fit filling some holes that DeAndre Jordan leaves in the paint, but not making them an elite defensive team by any means. It's just the fact that he would patch holes that this team needs patch to win. That's it. That's that's all they need. They have they can take the care of the rest on offense. Everybody else just be decent. You have Claxton there, cool. Either way, Claxton is not stopping Giannis though. It's not gonna stop him. I don't think the Nets are gonna be great at like building that wall. And even then, the Bucks are a better team than they were last year. That being said, the only way I am picking the Nets to lose in the Eastern Conference, the only way I'm picking that is if they run into the Clippers problem last year and they run into the Miami Heat problem in 2011, which is just, well, hell, the Heat's problem. That's crazy, right? The Heat actually got to play together all year. They, did, they didn't have injuries all throughout the season. It was just the fact that LeBron and Dwayne Wade, in that moment in the finals, didn't exactly know how to play off of each other or who should take over. And LeBron... When the Mavericks put that great defensive scheme out, he just kind of deferred. And so then he went into, he went into takeover every year after that. But for that specific year, it was just kind of like, okay, cool. They're going to do this to me. I'm just going to let Dwayne Wade win finals MVP, which he would have if they would have won that series. Either way, the Nets, if they get into tough situations, and because Kyrie and Harden haven't, or Kyrie, KD, and Harden haven't played a whole lot together, Harden maybe don't know exactly where he fits in that big three when they're on the floor. If things like that happen, and the Bucks have a defensive scheme, which is again, it's it's not it's not gonna be anything similar to like the Mavericks and the Heat because LeBron just didn't have a great jumper back then, and he wasn't great from the perimeter. All three of these guys are great from the perimeter, so it's not like you're just gonna play zone and shut them out and make somebody passive. That's not gonna happen. I don't exactly know what that scheme would be, but yeah, it would literally just have to be a camaraderie thing for the Nets to lose in the East. That's that's where I'm gonna put that. I, I put Nets in six here. I don't think it's gonna take them seven, but again, I know a lot of people out there are picking. Not, a, not an overwhelming majority. Most people, the majority of people are picking the Nets. But I've seen more than enough out there saying, and some credible minds out there saying, I, I'm going to stick with the Bucks. So, keep an eye out on it. But I just did this whole 46 minutes of a podcast to tell you, I think the finals is going to be the Nets and the Lakers. <laughs> That's basically what it boils down to. Surprise, surprise. I'm going to be real with you, no matter how this bracket turns out, and because, again, this is just a snapshot in time. No matter how the bracket turns out right now, it kind of looks like that is what the finals will end up being. I think the Lakers are come or I think the Lakers are capable of beating every team in their conference. 
I think the Nets are capable of beating every team in their conference. So no matter how it works out or who they see. Of course, it could be annoying for the Nets to have to deal with Miami in the first round instead of having to deal with the Hornets. But other than that, right, this is where I see it. So the boss match. The final round. Lakers, Nets. Kyrie Irving gets his shot at LeBron in the finals. Which, by the way, I just want to point out when KD signed there in 2019. This is always what I saw the 2021 finals being. I, of course, I didn't know what was going to happen with Harden. But I'm sure you can find it somewhere out there in the Twitterverse where I put out the 2021 finals between the Nets and Lakers is going to be crazy. I swear I tweeted that in the summer of 19 or maybe it was 20. I'm not not exactly sure when. Either way, I always thought once Kyrie and KD got to play together, this was just like it was meant to happen, right? It's like this was meant to happen. And so, I, you know, maybe I just jinxed it. Maybe it's just like the Lakers and Clippers where I said it was meant to happen. Maybe it never will. But if everything goes as expected, KD and LeBron, once again, what round is this? Geez, 2012, 2017, 2018. So, 20, so this is round four. This is round four. KD back with uh, more super friends. But it's not as lopsided as it was with the Warriors, obviously. LeBron's got a super friend of his own. The Lakers and Nets. Defensively, the Lakers are going to be better. That is a no-brainer. But they are going to be getting hit from all sides. Pause. They're going to be getting hit from all sides. <laughs> from Kyrie, from KD, from James Harden. I do think it is probably a relief to them that they would not have to deal with LaMarcus Aldridge post-ups. Even though I'm sure they would have found a way to exploit him defensively. Um, having him post up and having other guys just roam freely probably wouldn't have been a game plan. Or probably wouldn't have been an offensive scheme you could have game planned against. So they don't have to deal with that. Blake Griffin has looked decent in his time there. He's dunking again, and he's just doing exactly what I said he needed to do, just be there, which he still hasn't even gotten to play with all three guys yet, so we haven't even seen how that fits at the moment. Wow. This is once again a series where we have absolutely no sample size. We saw the Nets and Lakers play twice. We saw recently with Kyrie and KD on the floor for most of the game, the Lakers B team was able to beat them because KD went out, but the game was tight all the way before that. <clears throat> Sorry, Kyrie went out. That's what I meant. Kyrie went out. He got ejected. But the game had been close the entire time before that. And that was just that was just the Lakers B team. Then when LeBron was there, and I think it was just Kyrie and KD, whatever, the Nets won that one. We still don't have a sample size of full strength. I do think that was an important win. You could kind of see it on the Lakers' faces that they that, that last win was important. Because it's kind of like it's a, it's a game of chess, right? It's just like when the Spurs and Heat used to play. That was what I brought up in 2013, where I think in... Yeah, that time, they never had a healthy match during the season. I think Chris Bosh was the only heel that played when they were in San Antonio. And in Miami, that was when Greg Popovich basically tried to send a message to the league about their schedule and just let the big three stay home. And so, the finals was the first time we got to see it. And so, we didn't really know what was going to happen that series. That one could have gone either way. I feel similar about this one. I do feel similar about this one. I just do think it helps that the Lakers were able to play Kyrie and KD, even though Harden makes a huge difference. <laughs> That's a gigantic missing piece to what's going to be there. But I do think it was kind of good for the, the chess match that they were able to go into Brooklyn with nobody and, and beat them. Even though Kyrie went out, it was, shouldn't have been. it probably shouldn't have been close. So, all that to say, I don't have the slightest damn clue who's going to win this series. I'm going to put... I'm going to put it at 7. I'm going to pick... Brooklyn. 
I think when they're all healthy in there, the Lakers are going to try to pick on Andre Drummond and pick and rolls, which, of course, then the Lakers can just swap out for Montrezl Hero. So it's not like they're just going to let Drummond get abused. If he is getting abused all series, it's not like they're just going to continue to let that happen. Um, but also, yeah, I, I just, I, I have to side, I have to side with the squad with three of the, uh, what, top 10 offensive talented players in history, probably. Yeah, I, I just have to side with that. I really do. I think the Lakers, I think the Nets are going to be able to get away with being average on defense. Um, Kyrie has been playing most of this season with one or none of KD and Harden by his side and has been one of the craftiest and most creative offensive players I've ever seen. So when you're having to deal with that and you can't even bring adequate defensive pressure his way, I think that's going to get pretty abusive. And you have to, it's the same thing for all three of them. Same thing with Harden, same thing with KD. That gives them the edge in close games. We only, only really example we have that was against the Clippers when that was close all the way out and the last like minute or two, they got to play one-on-one and that was difficult because the room for error, you have no room for error. And a lot of finals games do come down to that, that little margin, right? Uh, yeah, I, I just have to go to the Nets. I'm going to have to go with the Nets. Surprise, surprise. I don't see a whole lot of upsets in this bracket. Of course, those happen. They come out of nowhere. That's why they're called upsets. I'm not really sure if the Lakers beating the Nets is... I don't know if that's classified as an upset given that they're defending champs and they're great defensively and they've got LeBron in AD. And uh, I've seen a good part of the Lakers brass and Lakers fandom saying we're not worried. Ain't worried about no damn Nets. Surprise. I don't know. That's where I go with it, man. That is where I go with it. I think this is going to be a fun playoff season of course today was just a snap i almost said snapchat it was a snapshot it's a snapshot of the bracket you're going to get some movement in the middle of both conferences for the west it's really the the back half is where you're getting the movement in the east you're going to get a lot of mid movement so we don't know exactly what's going to happen but i still think it all ends up the same and any version of this doctor strange is saying the lakers and the nets do end up meeting but 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 it could also be the Lakers or it could also be the Nets and Clippers I believe there's a possibility of that because again I did say that was a seven game series so if all this happens and it comes down to that I'd be happy with that as well I'd be happy with Nets and Clippers and that would be fun that would be fun to see Kawhi and PG as perimeter guys going up against uh, KD Harden and Kyrie I think uh, of course that would give them at least a decent chance I mean they got cooked last year by Doncic but <laughs> you know guys are healthy this year Hopefully they're healthy. We'll see what happens with Kawhi's foot. And that's what's going to happen, man. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't think we're going to see the Sixers and Jazz, or the Bucks and Jazz, or the Nets and Jazz. I just don't want to see any of those. Nets and Suns? That's actually about to happen in three hours. So I'm going to get prepared to watch that. Remember, if you enjoy this podcast, you can listen to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you are an Apple Podcast listener, it would help if you rate the show five stars. Or just don't rate it at all. That's great. That works, too. And, uh, yeah, if you watch on YouTube, hit the like button, comment, and sub, and hit the bell next to my name for notifications anytime a video drops on this channel. I appreciate you all for listening, and I will see y'all next week.